Hello and welcome to episode 51 and a half of the Ego Chow podcast. My name is Preston Byers. And not as always, I'm not joined by my co-host, um, Justin Binkowski. He is currently probably on a beach in the Dominican Republic drinking beer or maybe some tequila. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but he's not here today with me and it's going to be just just me. Um, so if you listen to the podcast or you're watching the podcast and it's uh, you, you tune in for Bink, it's probably not going to be a great episode for you. Uh, but uh, I'm here to talk a little bit about uh, the Call of Duty League, um, as usual. Um, this is what we do on the podcast. Uh, but because we didn't have any matches this past week, uh, the CDL regular season ended a week earlier, and uh, we um, are still awaiting to finish the season up with uh, the 2022 CDL Championship, which begins, I believe, next weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I, I think it is next weekend. So uh, we got a little bit to talk about um, other than matches, unfortunately. Uh, Veli, um, the desk coast of the 2022 CDL season, resigned earlier or late last week, I guess. Um, and uh, that was a really sudden announcement. Um, there was no kind of preparation for it. Nobody saw that coming. And how could anyone really see that coming? Um, he didn't give uh, an explanation when he was uh, when he resigned last week. Um, he just said that there weren't any problems between himself and the CDL, um, but that you know things just uh, didn't really work out. Um, you know, he was. Uh, I, I'll pull up his tweet real quick because it was. Um, yeah, so he said. Uh, this is his follow-up tweet. It said, there's no issue with me in the CDL. Just a FYI, I won't be attending champs. With that said, my year with the Call of Duty League is done. It's been a year where I was able to really find myself, and I'm really thankful for that. The COD fam has the best fans. So that was, it was pretty, uh, a pretty weird thing to happen, especially since the CDL tweeted that they had accepted the re uh, resignation of Veli. Um, so obviously people are curious, people are a little bit nosy. They wanted to find out what was, what was happening. Uh, Dick Cerdo put out an article, um, that said that Veli was involved in an, uh, intoxicated altercation with at least one other person, uh, one other, uh, person on the broadcasting team. So the CDL talent and, um, the initial uh, part of Dick Cerdo's article said that he had been forced to resign by the CDO. And I think they have since retracted that. Um, and Veli has come out and said that he actually resigned of his own volition. He decided to do it. It was not forced upon him. Um, and I believe, you know, I, I 100% believe that because everything that has gone on for the last few days, um, like in the community and around uh, this situation has kind of lended toward the fact that he probably did resign um just like he wanted to resign uh not so much that he needed to um he he did a uh, Veli did a brief stream the i think yesterday night um yeah i think it was last night um and he basically explained his side of the story um and how things went down like from his point of view and, um, you know, if, if you're really interested in that, I, I'd like suggest go put, um, go to his, his Twitch channel 
and uh, seek that out. It was only about 20 to 25 minutes. Um, and, you know, the most important details are probably even just uh, shorter than that, probably about 10 to 15 minutes. But uh, if you're really interested in that, I would suggest go uh, seek that out on his Twitch channel. Um, but uh, just uh, a kind of a quick recap, he said that, you know, they were um, they were drinking. They had, you know, they were out of the bar kind of celebrating what an incredible event it was, uh, the New York Major. And uh, things, um, you know, he's, he got in an argument with somebody he classified as a longtime friend, somebody he had been friends with more than 10 years. Another caster tried to get involved and uh, that kind of ignited a situation that really shouldn't have been there, uh, quite honestly. Um, you have um, that caster who he, he didn't name, he didn't name anybody um, that he was, you know, not the the caster that he was friends with and he was having an argument with or the, the caster um, that got involved and attempted to mediate it. Uh, Veli said that um, the, the third caster, the one that tried to mediate, he uh, put his hands on Veli and that started like an even bigger argument. And um, he said that uh, that caster made threats towards him. So uh, a lot of really weird um, and, you know, kind of ugly uh, circumstances around this situation, but, um, you know, obviously we don't know who it is and, uh, they haven't come out with their side of the story, but I, I, I do, um, think that is important for you guys to understand like where Valley is coming from, uh, because the Dixerto article did not really give him, um, a chance to speak. I, I think he said that he had not been contacted about it before it was uh, published, which is, obviously a journalistic no-no and, and something that just doesn't make sense um, from my point of view, but um, it, you know, it is what it is. And uh, Veli said that he, he's resigned, but he's still open to the idea of returning to the CDL. Um, and I, and I hope he does because he was honestly pretty great uh, this season. He was kind of a breath of uh, fresh air for the CDL broadcast. And I think he, he did a pretty good job on the desk because that's a, a difficult job to do. Um, I don't really know what's going to go uh, go down from here, to be honest with you, because like the CDL, apparently, uh, according to Valley, they know who the person is that, you know, made threats towards him or um, he said assaulted him as well. Uh, he put his uh, put their hands on him so that, you know, the CDL might take action and they might decide to suspend or fire or whatever. Uh, but you know, it's it's very hard to tell what's going to happen from here. Um, I wish uh, Valley the best, and I hope that he lands on his feet because this is a really, really crappy situation that he's going through, and it's really not his fault. Uh, it, it isn't his fault, so it's um, it's just disappointing to see someone lose their job uh, uh, like over something that they're not even really responsible for. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it about uh, Valley, and you know, hopefully everything is resolved and, um, you know, hopefully people stop trying to guess who it is because I feel like that just causes more problems than, um, they, they feel like they're actually resolving. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully that, that works out. Uh, let's talk about, um, the four teams that did not make it into the, uh, CDL championship this season. Um, so obviously if you haven't been really watching or listening to the podcast or watching the CDL, 
this season. Uh, only eight of the 12 CDL teams actually qualified for champs this season. Um, and the four teams that did not were the Paris Legion, the Florida Mutineers, the Minnesota Rocker, and the Los Angeles Gorillas. These four teams, um, well, quite frankly, uh, I would say that Florida and Minnesota, it's not too fair to say they stunk because they were more inconsistent than anything. Um, they weren't able to like, um, you know, they, they missed out, uh, just barely on it. And I, I feel more sympathetic towards them than any of the, uh, the, the other two teams. Um, the Los Angeles Gorillas were actually one of the, uh, four teams that won a major this season, but outside of that major, they, uh, barely earned any CDL points, and at the end of the year, um, that's kind of what came back to bite them. Had they, you know, gotten further in some majors or finished higher into the qualifying matches, I think it, um, I, you know, I'm pretty sure they would have uh, eventually qualified for champs, but that it just wasn't meant to be uh, regarding or regardless of uh, their roster, um, whether it was with Gunless or or Spart, or uh, even when they brought in Neptune. Um, things just didn't seem to click other than that one event in Major 2. And then the Paris Legion. Um, soon to be the Las Vegas Legion, or the Vegas Legion, whatever. Uh, but, you know, they really stunk. <laughs> I mean, they, um, they're they literally the worst team in CDL's history. Uh, they won two of their 25 games, I believe, maybe 26 games. But um, they had an 8% win percentage, and just they were absolutely abysmal for um the entire season uh and uh you know there's really not a lot to say about them that's uh bink and i have talked about them quite a bit actually over the past two years since we started the podcast um because you know we're uh you know resident members of the paris's winning champs community and uh we we were pretty much the only people there for part of the season and I completely left. And I think Bink might've uh, followed me out as well because um, it was, it was pretty clear early on that things were going South and they were probably going to stay South for uh, the Legion. And, you know, they just never got better. Um, they did have some close losses and, you know, they had the chance uh, and the opportunities to improve their record and, you know, possibly contend for a, a champ slot, but um, even before the major four qualifiers. So with at least six matches remaining in the season, they had essentially no chance of even making it into champs, which is uh, pretty remarkable considering a lot of other teams did pretty poorly at certain points of the season or even throughout the season, the subliners had done pretty bad, um, at least at the majors. They hadn't won a single major match, and they were still able to qualify for champs despite uh, having a huge deficit uh, against them uh, heading into major four. But and the Legion, they just kind of stink, and I and I hope that those players, um, those reputations aren't really like hurt by that because I don't think that's fair for anyone to be blamed for you know, what is just an awful season, like the roster just wasn't up to snuff, um, like at the beginning of the year and that just kind of snowballed things and it, it just obviously didn't work out. Um, as far as the other teams, uh, I talked about the, uh, the gorillas, but, um, Florida and Minnesota, they tried to make, um, roster changes. They tried to, you know, see what they could do with this roster. So Minnesota, they actually decided to bench Major Maniac during the season, and uh, Major Maniac ended up 
on the Florida Mutineers um, before Major Four. Um, those those roster changes for either roster just didn't really work out uh, the way that they had hoped. Um, the Rocker especially, they they seemed like they were on the right track. That I think they went five and zero in the Major Three qualifiers, and then they were double first rounded at Major Three, and in the Major Four, I believe they might have gotten double first rounded again. Um, you know, I'll look that up real quick, but either way, like uh, they were very disappointing when it came down to the actual majors, which, you know, people will say that makes them online, uh, onliners or whatnot. Um, yeah, so they, they're, you yeah, know, double first rounded in major four as well, had game five losses to New York and Optic. Um, so yeah, th- uh, they could be called onliners, I'm sure, I- I'm sure they have, but, uh, I think it's, just a, a really bad situation. Um, I, I think maybe with more LAN experience with the team because they had made that roster change before, uh, like after the halfway mark in the season, and then they have one tournament at Major 3. They get double first-rounded, so they don't have two matches of Major experience together, and then they go to Major 4 and get double first-rounded in, in close series, but... Um, just a really disappointing result for them. And, uh, they had their, um, uh, the rocker had their postseason press conference, um, with a few, uh, members of their management team. So Brett Diamond, who I believe is the COO, um, uh, Reppin, who is the VP of, uh, the rocker, I believe, uh, Brian Saint, who is the head coach, and then Looney, who I believe is the assistant coach, or he might be an analyst, but he's on the uh, the Rocker coaching staff as well. They held a press conference on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. My days are getting all messed up now, but I believe it was Friday um, that they did their press conference. And while they didn't really speak a lot about the roster changes that could be happening or could not be happening, I guess, in the offseason, um, they did uh, reiterate that it is like a true disappointment. It's not just, um, you know, water under the bridge for them. They are actually disappointed uh, because they're not making champs. And the reason that they're uh, really disappointed is because um, I believe Brett Diamond said that they expect to compete for championships, not try to compete to just qualify for for champs. So, uh, I mean, that makes a lot of sense from my end because, um, uh, you know, this team had a lot of potential you go five and zero in those qualifying matches before major three that's um that kind of shows that they have like this potential to actually do something but um you actually have to you know parlay that potential into actual results and they just weren't able to do that um it's going to be interesting to see what their uh you know what their plan is for the off season because um it'd be easy to say well let's get rid of attach or let's get rid of um priest or whoever that you know think that you think uh needs to go in order for this roster to improve and get to a point where they can compete uh but i think a lot of people would say attach was had a really good year and attach is also just someone that represents your organization as a as an elite player he always has been 
um, a, like a top-notch player even since he turned 18 and he was on Denial Esports and he was winning COD champs. Like, Attach has been at the top of uh, of COD um, as one of the top players um, for years and years. So I expect him uh, to be back if he wants to be back. I think it would be kind of foolish for Minnesota to not uh, go after him and try to bring him back because I think he's a really big part of that roster. Um, as far as Priesta, uh, I'm not sure. I think he's a very good player, uh, obviously a veteran player, but who knows um, really what's going to happen. They have to make changes, um, in my opinion. I don't think that you can really go into another season of the CDL uh, with the same roster after not even finishing top eight at champs, even though this current roster is not to blame for the entirety of that, obviously. Um, because you have um, the previous roster with Major Maniac and whatnot like that, that, you know, they are responsible for their own results. But uh, let's be honest, like, if you're not able to, you know, get over that hump and get to top eight, then, you know, heads are going to roll. So it, it makes sense for them to make that change um, if or make changes. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing. I believe that uh, Reppin said that, Havoc and um, uh, Havoc and Fake, Fake, uh, he uh, they are both um, you know able to be extended. So they have uh, the Minnesota Rocker have their extensions available, so they could decide to extend them in a, an additional year or their options. Excuse me. Um, where uh, as Attach and, and Priest, I believe, are both free agents. So it'll be uh, interesting to see what uh, actually happens there. Um, as far as the Florida Mutineers, they have a really big offseason ahead of them because we've talked, uh, Bink and I have, and really the community as a whole has talked about this team specifically and about how they are constructed, how the roster is, um, is built, and it just... It was obvious from the beginning that this roster probably wasn't going to work out. Um, it, it seemed like there was there was just one too many assault rifle players on the team, and it, it did. Um, it, they just never really got got around to fixing that. Even when they decided to bench Dave Patty and let Vivid go to Boston, they replaced uh, Dave Patty with Major Maniac, who is also like an assault rifle player. So it didn't. Um, 100% makes sense about what Florida was doing. Um, I also think it was a really big mistake to let Vivid go, um, and Vivid is now with Boston, and who knows whether um, they, you know they have like his option and they're able to keep him additional year because I think that Vivid is very talented and someone that you can build a roster with. Um, I I really like the signing uh, for Florida when uh, when it happened before this season, but um, yeah, I'm just. Uh, I'm kind of lost for words about them because uh, we've talked about them so much and there's really not a lot to say there because this is just who they are, I guess. Um, I was really impressed with Florida the first two seasons. I thought they had done a, uh, a very good job at um, bringing in players that maybe aren't the, the most hyped, the most um, talked about players but they were able to compete and be a top eight, the top six team in the league uh, with those players. Um, this season just wasn't it. They they just didn't build the roster that they needed to. 
of course, I don't know who was available or what uh, moves they they could have done to improve the roster, but it certainly, um, it, you know, it just didn't cut it. The, this the the roster that they went into the season with, um, and you know, they kept it for three quarters of the season. At which point, I think it was a little bit too late. Um, you know, they really needed to run out of the team uh, at major four to make a, to make a dent and try to qualify for champs. And it just didn't happen. Um, they were really a win away from making it. So it was very close, but, um, at the end of the day, like they, they had to, um, you know, they had to at least win one more match and they just weren't able to do it. And I think it just speaks to like the fact that this, the roster just wasn't ready for it. Um, they didn't have enough practice probably. And I don't think the roster at the beginning of the year was, um, was good enough, uh, you know, period. Um, the, I think that might do it for the four teams. Uh, so Paris, Florida, Minnesota, and LAG. Um, I'm not really sure what LAG is going to do with their roster. Um, you know, coming into the year, I really thought that they had, uh, they had a really good chance of competing just based on the pure talent that they have. Uh, I think that slashers, one of the, the greatest Call of Duty players of all time. I think he's, um, from a talent perspective, I think he's incredible. I think he still has the ability to do that. I, I don't know if um, it'll be with LAG, but I, I do uh, have a lot of confidence in him. Uh, Hook, I, I, I was very excited to see what he could do in a new environment away from the Dallas Empire and away from the Los Angeles Thieves. But um, things just didn't seem to work out. Uh, I was really surprised and a little bit disappointed that Asim hit the bench this year. I didn't think that he was really the issue. And um, I think he's an incredible role player. And I, I think any team would be lucky to have someone like that or to have him specifically. Uh, but um, I'll be uh, looking to see if he ends up moving rosters, if LAG has uh, any intention on you know parting ways with him after benching him late in the year um then and then there's gunless spark and neptune those players are really talented um spart uh, obviously was a really big part of uh, the team's major two win um but i just don't know what uh, lag does or where those players go um if there's no expansion i I would have to think that a lot of challengers players are, or not, maybe not a lot, but I feel like there are at least like three to four challengers players that will enter the, the season on a CDL roster, which kind of leaves um, some of these players that are currently in the CDL, um, you know, they'll probably be without a spot. And I don't, I just don't know. Uh, I know that Spart he started the season without a CDL spot, uh, a CDL spot like on a roster um, other than a substitute role. Um, Neptune, he was quickly benched by the subliners that se uh, this uh, past season, which was really shocking. And, um, you know, I mean, it was, I guess it turned out to, to be a good move for New York just based on the fact that they made champs and they were able to turn it around after making a few roster changes. But, um, you know, still that's, that's an incredible move to make. Um, really early in the season. Um, and Gunless, he had these health issues, and I hope that he's, you know, uh, he's completely recovered and he doesn't have any more of these health issues. But that really, um, you know, took away a lot of his season. Um, 
LAG, they went with Spart for Major 2, and uh, they they won that event, so they stuck with Spart for a little bit, then they struggled, then Gunless came back once he was fully recovered, and they were just never able to really um, be the competitive team that they were in that one single event. And that makes me think that that event is like an entire, like it's a, it's a pretty big fluke. Like the fact that nothing else happened this season for them. And I understand like, you know, they're an LA team, but so are the thieves. Like the thieves, they played a similar schedule. They played from a similar location. Like a lot of that, in my opinion, is like everybody has their excuses, especially when there's online COD. But at the end of the day, you have to, you have to produce results, and um, LAG just didn't do that. You know, they if they had just done a little bit more in uh, in different parts of the season, um, in, you know, in addition to that major two win, who knows what would have happened? I think they probably would have gotten the the seven or eight slot because they had that. They had a, a slot heading into major four, but things just, um, you know, never materialized. They were able to, they weren't able to um, close out and keep New York away from that eighth slot. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what these four teams do: um, Florida, Paris, Minnesota, and LAG, because they have even longer to look at their rosters because they're not, you know, they're not going to champs. They're not flying out to LA. Um, they're not uh, having to prepare for any tournaments. So their season's completely over and they get to watch the challengers finals, uh, which are coming up in about a week and a half and they get to watch champs and they get to see these players, um, the challengers, top amateur players, top X pros, semi pros, whatever you want to call them. Those players are kind of auditioning for a spot for next season. And the CDL players are kind of in the same boat, um, although they have uh, an obvious leg up on the Challengers players because they're playing it's better competition, they're playing on a bigger stage, and things are a, a little more important, at least in that regard. Um, but the Gorillas, you know, I, I don't I don't know about their money situation, but with how many big name players they have on their roster currently, I don't think that they would shy away from trying to uh, bring in um, different players uh, from other teams, whether it be CDL or Challenger teams. Um, so I'm, I, I, I really think that it's going to be a, a, a really fun roster mania uh, in the off season. Um, let me bring up uh, Ben uh, Nissen, um, his his Twitter, uh, because he actually created this document, um, where he's, he's tracking the status, um, the free agency status of every player, uh, in the CDL. Um, and some of these are not 100%. Um, so like he, uh, not everything is a hundred percent, obviously, because he doesn't know the contract status of every single player with 100% certainty. Um, you know, for example, Hook, uh, he, uh, ben has listed his contract status as unclear, so he doesn't know whether he's uh, he has a team option available or whether he is a free agent. Um, the same with General, who is on uh, the Optic Texas bench, um, I believe. The, uh, those players and Vivid, they are uh, it's unclear um, for them whether they will be free agents um, heading into the off season. 
But uh, for LAG, apparently they have the team option of every other player on their team. Um, so Hook, it's uh, you know TB, uh, TBD, but um, right now Neptune, Spark Slasher, Asim, and Gunless uh, apparently have team options. Um, so, uh, I mean, that's that's good for the team. Uh, Awakening and Skies for Florida are both free agents, uh, along with Yees, who was the substitute for Florida this season. Um, and team options for Dave Patty, uh, Major Maniac, and Two Real. Uh, I'm not really sure what Florida um, is going to do uh, with Skies and Awakening. I've seen people say that they, um, the Mutineers, should break them up and they just should go their separate ways and uh, either you know go with a, a one of them or um, you know just kind of separate them. I, I don't necessarily agree. I know that they play similar roles in the sense that they both can, um, you know, they both can excel with assault rifles in their hands, but um, I personally would keep those two and focus on the other two spots, but that's personally just me and I'm not, my job doesn't rely on it. I'm not you know, doing as much work and preparation and practice as the players are and as the coaches and the analysts are for Florida. So they might feel differently, but I just think when you have two elite talents like that, I think you have to try to figure it out with those two rather than break them up and, you know, figure out who are the best three players to put around either Skies or Awakening. But that's me. Um, Paris... Team options on everybody except John, uh, who is apparently a free agent, but they had benched John uh, near the end of the year for Johnny. It was weird, uh, but that's what they did, and I, I guess John is a free agent. I'm not sure if he's going to be uh, on a CDL roster at the beginning of next year because I don't really know how many of these Paris Legion players are going to be on a CDL roster uh, when next season starts. I would expect Temp uh, to be at least a substitute, but I can't guarantee that just based on, you know, like being on Paris this year. It's, uh, you know, I just, I don't know um, what other teams are going to do, whether they're going to prioritize Temp or, or not. Um, and then the Minnesota Rocker, I think I already mentioned this, but Havoc and Fame, uh, they uh, have team options and Attached Priest and Standy are all free agents. So it'll be, um, you know, an intriguing roster mania season for everybody. I'm sure a lot of players are, um, you know, going to switch teams or, uh, you know, obviously we're going to see Paris moving to Vegas, well, not the city of Paris, but the Legion moving to uh, Vegas, and maybe that'll change things. I don't know. Uh, they they've been pretty reluctant to spend money um, on, you know, a team of analysts and, uh, you know, practice facilities and whatnot. So, um, it's kind of hard to, you know, expect anything of of the Paris Legion or the Vegas Legion uh, just based on what they've been doing for the past year or two um yeah and uh i mean i'll just run through it real quick because i have it up here so atlanta phase all of them are on team options i think arsty's had actually he responded to ben about it and said that they had all all extended and were on a team option uh boston breach um, Vivid contract status is unclear, but Nero, TJ, Methods, and Cap uh, Capital are team options. 
New York Subliners, Hydra is a free agent, and so is Clayster. Everybody else is under a team option. That's kind of juicy. Uh, I would, you know, Hydra's got to be one of the most in-demand players in the entire league, so um, who knows what's going to happen there. And Clay, he's uh, going to Challengers Champs, Challengers Finals, so um, he has the opportunity to win the biggest tournament of the year in Challengers um, and prove that he can be, you know, a welcome addition to another team next season. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, the Seattle Surge have team options on everybody. Uh, Optic Texas have team options on everybody. Uh, general is unclear, so, um, you know, we don't really know what's happening there. LA Thieves team options. Uh, London, most of their team, this is kind of weird considering all of the other teams mostly have um, you know, their players under contract, but London, uh, everyone, but Harry are free agents. So Afro nasty Gizmo and zero are all free agents, according to Ben's doc. Um, so uh, who knows what London will look like if they're not able to re-sign these players. Um, you know, they don't really have them under contract right now, uh, but Harry is, and then Toronto, uh, all of their players, including Scrappy and Hixie are under team options as well. Um, so, you know, that's, it's good to know. Uh, I think, um, if you're, um, if you're really interested in like the off season stuff, the free agency part of the CDL, then I would, you know, uh, follow at Ben J Nissum on Twitter. Um, he has a, a really, really, uh, handy doc to, uh, keep track of these, of these things. Um, but yeah. I think that might do it. I don't know how much else I have to talk about. Um, obviously, Bink will be back next week, which is exciting because he's uh, he's probably going to be a little tanner than he was before. Um, maybe a little hungover still. We'll see. Uh, but uh, it's been a lot of fun, actually, uh, to listen um, or to see the support that we've gotten um, like the past three or four episodes, uh, on the podcast feeds have been, um, incredibly successful. Um, I, I think our most listened to episodes for four straight episodes. Uh, so an incredible amount of support from you guys. And we obviously can't thank you enough because that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, neither one of us were expecting it. I think that our latest YouTube video. So the last episode of the podcast has over 400 views, which is pretty incredible. We have no idea what's going on uh, because we don't really promote it, uh, uh, you know, like as much as we maybe should. Um, but this is kind of like our side gig and uh, something we do just because we really love COD Esports. And it's awesome to see everyone kind of support us and, and really, um, drive us. And like, it, it makes me want to do it more, makes me, uh, excited, more excited to do it. Uh, just because I know that people are kind of interested and, um, they really like what we're doing. So, um, you know, it, obviously if you have any feedback, uh, positive or negative or any suggestions on what you think we should be doing better, what we should be doing more of, um, please tweet us, you know, I'm at Prez Byers. He's at J bank with two K's, um, the podcast, Twitter, we don't really use it all that often, but it's at ego child podcast. Um, and you can tweet us, uh, you know, anytime I, I think my DMS are open. I don't know about banks, but you could DM us if you don't want to publicly tweet it. Um, 
you know, just, you know, let us know, uh, what you do or do, uh, do not like. Um, you know, I, we don't know, like, uh, maybe something that we're doing right now, uh, you know, we could be doing a lot differently and, um, make you enjoy it more, but, um, you know, we, we need your feedback. We want your feedback. Um, and obviously again, um, we just really appreciate your support. Um, if, if you want to keep supporting us, you should keep listening to, uh, the podcast or watching it. However you're doing it. Um, we're on YouTube or on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts. Um, this podcast is actually the first that I've done on Twitter spaces. Um, so if, if that's a, of interest to you, then you can kind of, uh, come in and, maybe the next time we do it, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it with Bing just based on like the technology aspect of it. But, um, the next time we do it, we might, we might be able to, uh, you know, like bring in questions. Like if you have a question, you can just unmute yourself or I'll unmute you and you can ask it, uh, live on the air. If not, um, you can always tweet us if, um, and just ask us a question and be like, Hey, like, like what is this blah 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 uh and we'll be able to answer it on the next episode uh so yeah so follow us on twitter follow like subscribe whatever the podcast feeds and the youtube channel um next episode should be next week so uh the first week of august bink will be back and we'll do an episode so either Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, most uh, likely. Just kind of depends on what his softball schedule is like, and we'll fit in a episode, an episode around that. Um, but yeah, that does it. Um, usually, Bink does uh, does this, but um, as always, remember to send the chow.